Welcome to Paddling Adventures Radio. I'm Sean Rowley, and with me is Derek Specht. Hello. So, Derek, it's uh, November now. Oh, yeah. Mid-November, man. Winter's like coming. That's, no, winter's here, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> What's the uh, first day of winter? December, well, like right? December something or other. Yeah. Still. Winter, winter's coming. Still, it's cold <laughs> enough. It's getting chilly. I had some frost on my windshields. Starting to see flurries of snow. Yeah. Here and there. And here and there. Um, we talked a while ago about uh, putting everything away for the summer. Yes. Or the winter, yes. I guess. Canoes yep. are away, tents are away. But that did not stop you. No, everything's back out again. <laughs> everything came right back out again. So you went on a trip. I with did. Mike Burns. I went on a trip with Mike Burns. Me and Mike planned this, uh, ooh, I don't know when we planned it, but we planned it a while ago. It wasn't one of those uh, trips yourself? that you say, yeah, hey, you're going on a trip, Mike, let me show up and go with you. <laughs> no, we actually planned this one together. He uh, he ran it by me. He says, hey, you want to go to, uh, we were planning on, we didn't know where we were going to go. And, uh, and uh, then we decided in the last two weeks, three weeks or something like that, three weeks ago, we, we decided on the Halliburton Highlands Water Trails. And it's run by the municipality. When you look on, when you look on the, uh, the map, do you know how parks are green? Yep. This is not showing up as a park. It's not green. So it's, it's municipal lands and it's run by the municipality and, and they've got so many rules. It's like insane. It's like they, they've covered every possible scenario about stuff that you can't do out in the water. And see, when you were saying where you were going, I looked online and yeah, there was no definitive border on what it is. I've never even heard of the place until Mike suggested it to me. So it's like, oh, cool. Okay. So you were heading out with Mike and Mike told you he was bringing a friend. Yeah. So originally, like, because I know Mike just got a new dog for canoe camping and stuff like that. And so he said, uh, yeah, bringing a friend. Right. Uh, and I said, oh, you're bringing Poochie. He says, he started, he laughed at that. He says, no, 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 I'm, I'm bringing a human friend. It's like, oh, Okay. And, uh, okay, fine, whatever. No, the whatever. correct answer would have been, you've got those? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I, I never thought anything about it, and I, I never asked any questions. He just said, a buddy of his is going. So I left it at that, right? So it, so somebody that I assumed I didn't know, and we are going to go camping. So it would be three people. And it was three people. It was three people. There was one canoe with you and Mike. Yep. And a kayak. And a kayak. Who was in that kayak? <laughs> So Mike was all, he, he, he started all funny and, and, you know, he was, he was suggesting people and by the end of it, he was joking that it was, you know, going to be this person or that person. And it's like, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I started guessing. I had some guesswork going on and, and, uh, and then we're sitting around and, and, uh, just the temperature was dropping. It was like it, the day we went in, it was beautiful. Like it was, it was a Friday and we got onto the site around one in the afternoon. It was a really good day. Surprisingly, I got out of the house early <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so so we we got onto the campsite and set up tents at around between one and two around 1 30 or so yeah I was, I was following his spot unit there and uh, oh yes yes yeah, yeah yeah he had the spot so yeah so we set up we started got start we went and got wood got the fire going getting ready to start making supper we're gonna have steak and then along i hear a thunk thunk and so here comes a oh here comes a canoe so you go down and there's camper christina in her kayak? Yes. So that was, it was a pleasant surprise. <laughs> that was the buddy. Yeah, that was the buddy. So uh-huh. so it was uh, it was Camper Christina to join us for the weekend, and uh, so it was it was it was awesome. It was a really good weekend. We uh, got out and did a lot of paddling and checked out a lot of stuff, and uh, it, it was it was nice. What's what's interesting, what's fun is uh, it's it's to trade little tips and secrets about how you do things. Right. Mm-hmm. Everybody has their own way, and and sometimes you see somebody pack us something some way or or set something up a specific way it's like i never thought of that that's a great idea well especially with people that you haven't camped with before yeah exactly yeah i I mean there's a group of us been camping together forever yeah i've I've camped multiple times with mike so you know i'm used to the way he does stuff and and i've already stolen a lot of his ideas (laughs) (laughs) so it was interesting so i learned a lot from camper christina how about she she 
she was appalled at <laughs> what a messy campsite we kept, right? But we were there. It was like our gear was strewn about and whatever. But I hate a messy it, campsite. <laughs> so does she. It she drives was, me nuts. She, <laughs> we, we started calling her mom by the, <laughs> the first night we were calling her mom. <laughs> I will unpack my, my whole backpack, um, find something that I need, put everything right back in. Oh, yeah? Like repack everything. And then if there's something else in it, I'll totally unpack everything, find what I need, put everything back yeah. in. Yeah, it gets annoying after, but you know what? Everything's... I had everything inside my tent and the only stuff we left out, which was what she complained about, is we had a bar set up on a big flat rock. Ew. So we had bottles of liquor and Well, then maybe she and... was just upset you didn't have whatever she was drinking. <laughs> no, she brought a bunch <laughs> of stuff too. So we, we yeah, it was fun. <laughs> what was interesting though, and so I wanted to touch base on this, is while we were waiting for the mysterious third person who I called Poochie, was... Uh, when we first arrived and we were, we come up, up through the portage, we kept here in a helicopter. And then we paddled across uh, Nunakani Lake and we kept here in a helicopter. And as we're going up Nunakani Lake, we keep seeing this helicopter come in with a long line, drop something, and leave. Come in with a long line, drop something, and leave. So he made like 15, 20 trips. Construction equipment or like? We thought so at first. We thought, oh, somebody's, somebody's building, building a, a cottage yeah. or somebody's building something, right? So we set up camp and it's like, we, uh, at around two o'clock or so, it's like, let's go figure this out. It was, it was curiosity, it was killing me. So we, uh, we paddle up the lake and as we paddled up Nunakani and up to the creek, the headwaters into Nunakani, he's like, wow, he's right there on the creek. What's he doing? It's like, this is the middle of the park, right? Anyways, <laughs> he, uh. He was coming in with, uh, as we, we walked up the, the, uh, creek bed because they had, there was a dam and they put the, all the stop logs in. Right. And the water was stopped. So the river was, the creek dry. was dry. And, uh, so we come up and then we see them dropping in these big white canvas bags of sand. So I guess the previous spring, they noticed that the dam that we had stop logs in, as we approached it, it had started to wash out water had overrun it so they were sandbagging this dam this sluice this right. gate this water whatever you call them like it's a dam but it's it's for holding back water headwaters right yeah yeah so it was i don't know the name of the name of the lake anyways so it was holding the waters back and uh, it over what got overran so there so we got there and i got a whole bunch of videos of this helicopter coming in and dropping these giant bags this the bags are the size of a pallet the base. Okay. And then they're about three or four feet filled with sand. So, and you could hear the helicopter struggling with this as it drops it. And all of a sudden the helicopter loses half of its sound, but suddenly it's not weighted down by, I assume like a ton of sand, right? So it was so neat. There was a... Was he just dropping them or were there, there people no, guiding a, them in? There's a guy with a radio on the ground guiding it in, telling him where to drop it and, uh, and giving him the, the tethers back. He'd fly back with the tethers. There's two, there's two parks people. There was a, a, a radio foreman and then another foreman. Okay. And then the helicopter guy up top. That's not something so you, you look up, see you every day. See, yeah, I know. You can see the helicopter guy looking at the bubble in his window. And and we we, we were surprised because as we approached the dam where they're dropping the sandbags, we stood back when the helicopter was there. But then we just walked up to the dam when the helicopter left and chatted with the guys. They were super friendly. And I was expecting, hey, get out of here. It's dangerous, whatever. But no, they were really friendly. They told us what they were doing and... It was, they were all joke. we were joking and telling stories and whatever. And then we sat back when the helicopter came and took some video and pictures and it was so relaxed. How it cool was, is that? Yeah, it was neat. You, how often you get to see that, right? Yeah. It was like so never? cool. Or once in your case. Yeah, once. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so it was neat. And so we got to walk the creek bed and then we walked back on the, the, the dam is the portage. So you have to, so we had to cross the, the dam. dam anyways, because that was the portage. And then, uh. When we came back the next day for a day trip, the water was running like a foot, foot and a half deep. So they'd taken the stop logs back out of the dam and right. run again. So they had stop, stopped the water so they could place the sandbags and then let it go again to feed Nonacani Lake. So you saw the bottom of the creek? We saw the bottom of the creek. We caught a fish by hand. Really? It was like two inches long, but we caught yeah, a fish. Still, still. <laughs> we caught him out of the puddle and released him into the where there was still a little bit of running water. So we saved the fish. Oh, you didn't have to give them mouth to mouth. <laughs> no. Awesome. <laughs> but it was so cool. I have so many videos in it. I'll have to show you later. So really cool. uh, you did a day trip. Yes. So It looked like from the spot you guys did a big circle, big loop. It was. We did a big loop. There was. A, we had a couple options for the loop. And uh, 
for the life of me, I can't remember the lakes, but we, it was Nunakani. There was an upper lake, which was, it's an entry lake. And then we went back around uh, Big Hawk Lake and uh, back up into Nunakani. And uh, so it, it's, uh, Nunakani has no cottages on it, but Big Hawk and the other lake, they have uh, a ton of cottages. They're really nice lakes. But everywhere we went, water level is down. I don't know really? if it was down because of, I, like, I initially suspected it was, uh, yeah, anybody listening, when they release water and let water levels go down, I was suspecting that it was for, you know, you expect to get a lot of snow and freezing and you don't have too much runoff in the spring. You don't want to have too much water buildup. So I'm wondering if that's why. That's why. Or if there's another reason that I don't know of. Because everywhere I've been this year, the water's been high. Yeah. Right? So yeah, like It it must be on purpose, yeah. Big Hawk and... uh, Noon Canyon was low. Big Hawk was low. The other lake that I can't remember the name of was low. So yeah, it was. Uh, but it was a good paddle. Like we, uh, Friday was nice. It was nice, sunny and warm. It got a little chilly at night. Saturday was supposed to rain all day. Mm-hmm. Not a drop. Really, it was awesome. So we did our day trip. We ran around and uh, on when we got to Clear Lake, we stopped for lunch. That was awesome. We uh, we cooked up some sausages and stuff like that. Did a little hike through the woods and. I just stood on a cliff, took pictures, and it was clearly really That wasn't really the nice. uh, little video you guys took with the uh, wood on the grill, was it? Yes, I, that's it. That's, okay. That was Clear Lake. That was us. Uh, that was uh, the, wood, the wood that Mike liked. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so, and we we had sausages and stuff like that. So that was, and then we, uh, you know, cooked, we cooked pretty much everything that week on an open fire. Like Which we, is nice. We only boiled water in the morning for coffee. That was the only time we boiled water or cooked anything on a camp stove. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know what? That's what I find I do a lot of, of is uh, boil water on that stove. Yeah. For dishes or coffee yeah. or hot chocolate, whatever. Yeah. But uh, if I can cook over into the open fire, mm-hmm. I'll do that every chance I get. So it was, yeah, it was, it was neat. It was, uh, it, it's, again, it's one of my, I kind of have an aversion to it because then your your pots, every time you pack them, they're blackened and stuff like that. But, you know, I think I need to get over that and just start cooking over an open flame. Well, it's funny because I, I got that uh, little tripod thing, that cast iron tripod yeah. thing to hang over the fire. And I had a, a pot sitting over the fire for probably five hours. Oh, yeah? Just constant hot water, right? And uh, well, because it was nice and really cold and yeah. raining the entire day, so I was under the tarp. Huh. Um, so I just kept refreshing it, right? Oh, okay. But um, my pot was pretty pretty dark. But then, yeah, I just, while it was still warm, just took a nice good cloth to it, yeah. wiped it all right off. All came right off? Yeah, now it's got sort of a coppery look to it. The uh, the Outback oven yeah. that we both bought? Oh, the reflector oven. The reflector oven. Yeah. So the reflector oven, like we, uh, it took forever to cook bannock in it. We just didn't yes. have the flames hot enough. No, you know what I'm finding? Cause, and, and I don't know if anybody that's out there listening has a reflector oven and they can comment on it, uh, whether they have the same thing, but you've got to have patience. Yeah. It is, it's it's not like a regular stove sort of thing because I, I've had the fire up good yeah. and it still takes a while for everything to circulate and, yeah. and, yeah. and whatnot. I, I made that giant cookie, yeah. right? And that still we took a good 15 giant, minutes. We made a giant bannock, yeah. a giant in our fry pan. But the what's interesting is that so that thing we cooked the banana cooked for an hour and a half, two hours or something. Whoa. I don't know. Something like that. <laughs> I, I, I three days later we finally had lunch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, the inside of the uh the uh reflector oven is now a nice golden color. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's weird. That's my pot. Yeah. It's got that color to it. It's like awesome. It's not black. <laughs> All right. Yeah. <laughs> so all was good. You had a great time. It was now Sunday. Sunday. So um Christina, she had to leave Sunday. She has she had to work Monday, and so we were we were just going to play it by ear, see what the weather was like, and then Sunday we uh, checked the weather and it just said rain all day, which said same thing for Saturday, but we didn't mm-hmm. get rain. So it's like okay, well let's see. So when we got up in the morning, it was raining. It was raining from about four a.m. on, and right. it, it stopped for about two hours while we we're having breakfast, and uh, but then it just it was just a wasn't heavy rain it was just a constant drizzle Drizzle. and it was it was cold enough that you'd think man it's just it's it's just uncomfortably cold but it wasn't that bad i think it was like five degrees or six degrees or something like that it wasn't bad 
And but when you get wet as the day yeah. goes on. So we were thinking, man, do we want to be tucked under a tarp all day? And yeah, so we decided, yeah, we'll go home. And you called it a day. Called it a day. So yeah, we we headed out. We ended up uh, helping Christina because she had a lot of a lot of stuff that she had trouble getting in with her kayak. So we just carried her gear out in the canoe and yeah. and we all paddled out. And how and many portages in from the vehicle? It was uh, technically one, but there's uh, it's a six hundred meter portage. Mm-hmm. But you pull the canoe over some rocks paddle for 500 meters and you do a 200 meter portage so basically 230 meters oh okay yeah it was it was basically There's a way to nothing. get around most yeah, of it yeah so there was there was practically nothing there was it was just a hop skip and a jump it was mostly all water it was so easy to get into nuna county water was very low mm-hmm. so it might be different in the summer with high water and higher flow and faster yeah yeah as it was there was a couple sections on the creek between the two portage the leftover and the portage that it's like we were kind of fighting current and i'm thinking man and summer this could be yeah. pretty fast <laughs> so yeah it was uh it was good it was, a, it was a really good weekend it was uh we had uh steak on uh friday night saturday night uh camper christina cooked she had a she had a uh, a seafood pasta that she made from mm-hmm. scratch <laughs> so good like i i need to take cooking lessons from her she makes cooking in the backcountry look so easy because i basically my my the way I do things is I, I cook up a piece of a thing, a sidekicks, and throw some foil tuna into it, and then I'm done. Yeah. Well, I'll grab a but steak or something, grated... and, and then do the the boil in the bag rice stuff. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> but she had uh, she had crab and sh- little mini shrimp, and she grated fresh parmesan into it, and the pasta, and it was like. Oh. If you want to take the time to do that sort of stuff, but I it come. It didn't at, take at... her long. Yeah, really I just quick. find at dinner time, I just don't want to get it over yeah, done with. I don't. I want to throw a bag of something yeah. into something, throw a piece of meat on the fire, yeah. and and just relax. Because usually we're out for a full day. Exactly. Right? And for me, I like I'm the same as you. And like for me, my opinion of it is like, well, I guess I'll waste some time and eat. I wish I didn't yeah. have to eat. Too bad they didn't make like foil package like peanut butter and jam sandwiches because i'd be all in 20 of those in there you go there's my lunch bag for the weekend i remember science fiction from the 50s 60s and 70s they had you know a meal and a pill you can have one little pill and And it expands expands in your stomach turkey meal in your stomach yeah that's what would be nice yeah we're we're science when you really need it i know are we supposed to have flying cars now too Uh, but good weekend though it was a fantastic weekend. It was, it just made me, what thing, it made me realize that uh, I'm not ready yet for winter camping. I was freezing. Like the two of but them. But you're always cold though. I am. I am. I'm in my basement here in a t-shirt and you're like wrapped up like. <laughs> I need a shawl yeah. and a blanket. <laughs> He's got a, a mummy bag on and. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And what's funny though is that in the dead of winter, if I'm geared up properly, I'm fine. If it's minus 30, I'm, I'm okay but I'm geared up for it. I wasn't properly geared up for this trip. I wasn't, I didn't have the right clothes. I didn't have proper windbreaking pants and, and stuff like that. Right. So it was, uh, it was shorts weather. What are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's in his bathing suit and a cut off shirt. <laughs> yeah. I look like a, I look like a cold old man out there. I just was constantly bundled up and freezing. Wow. They made and they made so much fun of me. I was like, cried myself to sleep every night. See, it's so not much, just me. They made so much fun of me. It's not just me. <laughs> See, everybody does. <laughs> so, Camper Christina. Yes. Is supposed to be dropping by. Yes, she's uh, coming by this weekend. And we're going to have a chit chat with her for next week's show. So we can tell everybody all about, or she can tell she everybody, can tell everybody all, all about, about who her Camper Christina is. And her cooking and yes. everything else. Yes. It should be a hoot. It should be. I look forward to it. I would love to get some cooking lessons from her. And I'm think... sure your wife says she would love to just make sure you get cooking lessons for anything. Because <laughs> no, they're getting actually... tired. Your wife says they're getting tired of water and toast. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's take a quick break here and we're going to come back and... Uh, Talk about guiding. And for the record, today's show is brought to you by Man Antlers Beer. What are we drinking today? The Machine! The Machine! (laughs) Who's the guy that does that? 
So he calls himself the machine. I can't remember his name, but oh. anybody, I, I should have looked it up. But anybody who's seen this guy, he stands on stage. He's got no shirt, big beer gut. And he tells the story about the time that he took Russian as a second language. He thought it was Spanish and he was wrong. And he just kind of, he, he the, his, the instructor drugged him through the course because it was going to cancel. He left it. And so he's the machine. And they went to Russia on a Russian school exchange trip. trip. Yeah. Anyways, so Man Antler Beer has made a uh, a beer called the Machine. It's a it's a it's what is it a dark Russian ale? Yep, and it's yeah the Machine. <laughs> Today's show is also brought to you by the letter M and the letter M, because that's what we're eating tonight. Yes. M and M's. Yes. Uh, stay tuned. We'll be right back. You are listening to Paddling Adventures Radio on Reno Viola Outdoors. Do you enjoy getting on the water with a paddle in your hand? If so, this show's for you. Listen to Paddling Adventures Radio every Wednesday at 6 a.m. and 6 p.m. and see what's happening in the world of paddle sports. Paddling Adventures Radio. Whether you're close to home or far away, grab a paddle and get on the water. This portion of the show is brought to you by Algonquin Outfitters. Algonquin Outfitters providing quality Algonquin Park backcountry adventures for the entire family since 1961. Whether you want to get on the water for a day or a week, the friendly staff at Algonquin Outfitters can help you out. Find them online at algonquinoutfitters.com or visit one of their 12 locations. Algonquin Outfitters, your outdoor adventure store, with locations in Algonquin Park, Muskoka and Halliburton. Welcome back. Uh, before the break there, we were talking about Derek's trip up north through the Halliburton Water Trails. Uh, we mentioned spot. Um, oh, yes. I have deactivated my, after 10, 10 years, Yeah. deactivated spot. When I first got my spot, I've, I've still got the original. It was like 100 bucks or something like that. Yeah. And that's, your, that's all your insurance and your tracking and the whole kit and caboodle. Yeah. Well, they just sent me my latest, and it's two hundred and forty dollars for a year. It's a lot if you don't, you, and you don't use it a lot. It's not like it's, it's a yeah. nice for you. It's a nice to have thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's a safety thing for when I do my canoe trips and stuff like that. But you know what? Considering we were doing the research and the in reach was, I think we said about three hundred bucks. Yeah, it was. So, so for an extra sixty bucks, I get myself an in reach, and you can activate it only when you're using it and pay and that's so important that's so yeah. key so i think right now i'm i'm, I'm i've stopped the spot uh, 240 yeah. boxes yeah for for letting people track me yeah you know and just in case I, 10 years i've, I've yeah. put out all and, and i suppose if you kind of break it down in a trip or trip basis maybe it's like you know, it's like 50 bucks a trip or yeah. something i don't know it's yeah you, yeah probably a bit less really than the amount weigh, of trips you do but yeah you really yeah. got to weigh how useful it is like if you're doing i think a major trip say you went out west up north you did a really epic river trail and it's dangerous and there's a lot of risk involved then you know it could be a very important but you know if you're just it's nice that the wife can see where you yeah. that you've you're parked that you've put on the water that and you're on you your way left, home and exactly. you followed your route exactly yeah but yeah for 240 bucks i think they are gearing that towards all the newfangled versions with all yeah. the texting and everything like that. Yeah. I think they need to come out with a plain Jane model. Yeah, just a basic 100, tracking. 100 bucks. Yeah. I don't mind paying the 100 bucks. 240 like. Yeah, starting to that's, get there. That's getting way too expensive. But anyway, I just thought I'd throw that in there that, uh, yeah, I've discontinued my spot. And I think uh, I may end up going, like a lot of other people have gone to InReach. Yeah. But that's something over the winter I'll, I'll figure out. InReach seems to be a little more flexible. I remember when we did the research on it, InReach was... Uh, it was a more flexible and comprehensive system. Yeah. And the, the outlay at the beginning was higher. Yes. But I do remember that we did the over the years. Yeah. It does you... actually end up being cheaper exactly. long term. Yeah. So anyway, that being said, <laughs> um, I want to talk guided paddling trips this week. Yes. And it's one of the things that the two of us have kind of bandied back and forth uh, over the years and, and stuff like that. We've talked about it, but it's one of those things that's like, well, I'm an experienced tripper. Why would I Why would I hire out and get a guide and stuff like that, right? Yeah. And I mean, right now, I mean, the, it's the end of paddling season, yes. you know, yeah. so for, up here in Canada anyway. 
so, you know, you're starting to think, well, you know, I had fun doing this this year and fun doing that. But next year, you know, I'd like to go somewhere different. Go Maybe go north to the Yukon or something Somewhere's like that. Somewhere's off the beaten trail. Somewhere's right? where it challenges your skill set. Yeah. Or, you know, like I say, even if you're new and you want to, you, you're just taking it up. Yeah. And you, you know what? Oh, absolutely. I've been going to Algonquin Park for all of this summer. I want to go somewhere really cool. Yes. You know, that, that sort of thing. So that's when maybe you start looking at for next year. And I mean, now's the time to start looking and... You know, uh, come spring when all the big shows start and all the outfitters are there yeah. and you've done your research beforehand because you're ready to go somewhere next year. You started saving your pennies and you've done your research. Exactly. Now you can go hit up these these uh, outfitters at the shows and, and hopefully book something. Um, so let's just go through some pros and cons of a guided trip. And this just isn't a canoe tripping. This is, I mean, they do kayak could, trips, yeah. rafting trips. They do stand-up paddleboard trips, that sort of stuff. So the biggest pro, I think, on a guided paddling trip yeah. is the fact that it's fully outfitted. And that's key. That's important. And the, the important stuff about, like, when you're talking fully outfitted, you're talking... So you're going to, say, do the Mountain River. You're going to go do the Porcupine River. You're going to go up north somewhere. And you don't have to worry about the legit... Like, as it is, I... I, You know, you have trouble setting up the logistics. What do I bring? What do I not bring? Mm-hmm. And whatever. How much gear do I have? Uh, what about... How am I going to get my... How am I going to fly out my fuel bottle? How yeah. am I going to fly out my stove? Because airlines don't let you do that. Right. How are you going to fly your canoe? Exactly. Like you can't just say, "Hey, hey, Air Canada, throw this in the in the in the, in the cargo <laughs> hold, strap this under the, one of the wings, and let's go." So th- this is where one of these guided trips they really earn their stripes, right? They supply all of the cooking and and tents, tents, and, and I mean, you may you may bring your own sleeping bag yeah, because you know certain prefer personal stuff. Personal You're going to bring yeah. your own clothes and your own personal gear yeah. and your own sleeping bag, maybe, but food but, and. And uh, cooking gear and tents and, and you know, stuff and like that. When you say food, it's like, you know what? If I don't have to think about planning my meals out, somebody's going to do it for me. <laughs> That's aces right there, man. That would be awesome. Like, all of that is planned for you. And, and uh, like, everybody on these guided trips, everybody takes turns. Everybody does their chips in. It's like the, the guide isn't there to cook and clean for you the whole time. So you're going to be everybody, from the my experience when I've done trips like this, Everybody is like, okay, yeah, you know, tonight you guys are washing up and your guys are cooking, and the guide is just there, there to make sure things go right. Yeah, I mean, he'll pitch in as well. You know, exactly, they, they do that yeah. sort of thing. But uh, yeah, so you know, when it comes to the supplies and the necessary equipment and food and stuff like that, it's taken care of. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a that's a huge plus. That's a huge stressor that would. Uh, like on a big trip like that, that's a huge stressor to get that behind you and to get that yep. off your mind. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and as you said, like you don't need to be worried about planning your route. Yeah. You know, and all the logistics. And they take care of. And th- there's a yin and yang there too. It's like, well, I kind of like planning routes, mm-hmm. but in unfamiliar territory, the experienced guys are planning the route for you to make sure you don't get yourself in trouble. Yeah. I mean, when I'm when I was researching the pros and cons of all of this. The cons that I have, and I only managed to get three, really three cons. <laughs> and I was really struggling to find cons. <laughs> they're geared more towards the experienced paddler. Yes. The cons. So um, another pro is a lot of these places, if you've never done like river traveling and stuff like that exactly. before, Maybe you then don't they'll take you the out on the lake and say, yeah. listen, here's how you paddle, you know, yes. and give you a little bit of paddling bit before. Of pre-planning, pre-experience. Yes. You know, which is cool because then you're not sitting there thinking like, okay, well, now I'm going on this big trip and I've never even touched a paddle before. <laughs> well, come on, let's go out. Yeah. We'll show you this is how you do this stroke. This yeah. And there's a lot of them where there'll be, you know, the guide and one person in the canoe. Yeah. You know, and the guide will normally, and I was, I was, I've talked to guides before and, and when, remember in the spring I did the whitewater, the three day whitewater yes, uh, course. Ken McDermott. Ken McDermott. Blackfeather, if Blackfeather, I'm not mistaken. That's yes. correct. So he he was saying that uh, oftentimes they'll take the most inexperienced or green person and that's the bow person for the guide. Yeah. And so he's there to make sure that they don't get in trouble. Yeah. Because if if you put an inexperienced person with a semi-experienced person, 
those two people could possibly get in trouble, depending on the conditions of the day, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and the guides know the water that you're paddling on, so they, they're going to yeah. know, okay, you know what, yeah, here's what we're coming up to, and, you know, yeah, we're coming up to the portage. It's not too bad, you know, the water be around. Or, exactly. you know what, yeah, just past, if you go out 20 feet past this portage, yeah. you're going over yeah. a, a heavy-duty... Uh, rapid or there's something a drop like that. Yeah. yeah there's a nice drop don't so. go past the big rock because it's, it's you're in trouble type thing right? yeah so that's definitely a, a pro yeah um they know the area that you're going through so they'll be able to tell you, you know what this is the maybe some of the history of the area the wildlife you're gonna see and, and hot spots for wildlife nice? and like, stuff like that you go off into a strange land and you're doing a trip somewhere and and all you know, all you know, is like you're paddling down a river, and then the guy goes, "Oh, by the way, there's a native burial ground here, and oh, here there's a big mining spot." Like, a, you know, they'll know yeah. some of the history of the area from experience, right? Yeah. And you know that when you do the the you know, the, the homes of the stars in Hollywood, that's oh, where the bus tour <laughs> guys that, is like that map. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it's nice to have a guide who knows the area and is yep. informed of the area and. And he, they will enhance the trip. They they make it better for you overall. Yeah, and you know, with that, they know the best and safest spots to set up camp along the way. Yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the things. Is you're traveling around an area you haven't been before. Where you go, okay, well, I know there's a campground up here, like yeah. a, a camping spot up here. Yeah. Well, they they know where it is because they probably use it four or five exactly. times, and they know. Yeah, you know, we could camp here, but it's they know where the bear yeah, dens are, and yeah, all that sort of <laughs> stuff. Yeah. Um. If traveling in areas where safety from wildlife may be an issue, like you're in a way up north, you know, you're right on the polar bear migration route. Yeah. Uh, What's the big, I can never remember the name of it, up uh, Labrador, the big park up there. Oh. But you have to be a guide, if I'm not mistaken, in order to carry a weapon. Yes, because of the danger. Yeah. There is specific, yeah. But you, as a personal person, I do believe, I, I may be wrong. It's been a while since I, I read this. A regular old Joe like you and I can't go in there with a weapon. You have to be. Have a, and that was, a we, we guide. talked about that because that was the thing. They were basically forcing you to hire somebody to come along with you. Yes. And that's what it felt yeah. like. But it, it's you're hiring locals and yeah. it's, it's local money in the economy and yada, yada, yada. Like it's, but it does make sense because these it guys does. are familiar with the area. They're better handling. And, you know, the, the parks people don't have to worry about uh, random campers accidentally shooting each other in the night. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Or going out and they see a bear and also just start shooting it because they yeah. happen to be walking by. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, the one thing about guided paddling a pro um, for those that are experienced paddlers is it could give you a chance to try something new. Yeah. So you and I, we've been canoe tripping forever. Yeah. Well, maybe I want to try a kayak trip or yeah. a rafting trip through the, through the Grand Canyon. There you go. A guided yeah. trip that, that gives you that perfect opportunity to try something new without having to fork out all the money. Exactly. To buy all the gear yourself. Yeah, then you're just using somebody else's gear, they're planning the trip. And what would be interesting is a guided kayaking trip around Vancouver Island. Mm-hmm. They can show you where all the highlights are and the the the, 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 you know, the tidal bores, and that would be awesome. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, and like I say, it allows you to try different types of paddling, which you might not otherwise have the chance to do. Correct. Like, I mean, we're here. We're not going on a big multi-day rafting trip. But if you fly south... You know, then chances are, yeah, you're going on a multi-day rafting trip. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that sort of thing. Yes. The cons, like I said, there there's only three, and they're guided more towards experienced paddlers who know what to expect. There's a set route timetable, and they may not be flexible. Yeah, and most you, people, when they do a trip, it's like, you know, I, I, I want to be able to set my own speed, set my own pace. Get up earlier, get up, stay up later. Exactly. Or, or whatever, right? Yeah. Call it a day faster, because when I know, mm-hmm. you know, come this time, I'm about done, that sort yeah. of thing, right? It's like one of those things, it's like, do I really want to go on a, a bus tour of the, where the seniors go, and if they're all rigid, they're, we're going to lunch from 11.30 till 12. <laughs> yeah, know? whether you like it or not. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, you have to get used to how someone else runs things. Yeah. Right? Because, I mean... Somebody else is even with, I mean, when we all paddle together, we know how, like you were mentioning earlier, yeah. you know how somebody else runs, does things. Yeah. You know how somebody... Well, now you've got somebody else. They're basically leading it. 
a stranger yeah, leading. Yeah, okay, well, this is what you've got to do yeah. now. And this, you, you, and I know myself, even, I'd be looking at him going like, why? <laughs> what are you why? talking about? <laughs> no. Why yeah, you, you do sit that? there and have lunch and a whatever, and I'll, I'll meet you like 20 yeah. kilometers down the river. <laughs> <laughs> whatever. Yeah, so anybody who's who's used to controlling and doing their own thing, it might be a little bit hard to give up the reins to somebody else. Yeah. Uh, and again, the last con I got was cost. You're paying to use someone else's this is, gear. This is would be the thing that stops me and has stopped me from doing something like this is cost yeah. because they are notoriously expensive. It's something you have to save up for. Yeah, and like I say, when when you're going on a canoe trip and you you're sitting there going, I got a I got the exact same canoe at home. <laughs> yeah. You know, it kind of it kind of just. Um, so those are our pros and cons. But then there's the types of trips you're talking about is like a multi-day backcountry canoe trip, a multi-day kayak trip around coastlines, like the oceans, uh, the seas, fjords, that sort of stuff. Like I know you can do the kayak trips, you know, up through Sweden, Norway, stuff like that, which is really cool, right? Uh, kayak trip through islands. So you're going island hopping, you know, down South or over Vancouver Island. um, Vancouver Island. We were talking over, um, Philippines way. Oh yes. All that sort of stuff. Right. Um, there's the hiking and paddling guided trips. So you're hiking a bit, then you're paddling a bit. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Which is eh? cool, right? Day trips, even. Guided day trips. Stand up paddleboard, you know, uh, and kayaking, you know, around. Rafting. Yes. Ottawa Ottawa Valley. Day trip. Yeah, yeah. that sort of stuff. And the multi-day rafting trips, like I say, through Grand Canyon. Grand Canyon, yeah. Which is which is kind of cool, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's there's so many different types of guided trips you can do. Yeah. And you just gotta think, well, what what do I want to do? <laughs> you know, you, it's it's not well, yeah, I'm going because I mean, when we think about it, we think going north. Yes. You know that sort of thing when we're oh yeah we're going canoe tripping we're going we're going to the Yukon the yeah. Northwest Territories, Banks Island. <laughs> 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 you know that sort of thing. So. Um, you know, like I said, you, you got a lot to choose from. You got a lot to think about. What do you want to do? You know, but even if, if you fit this into some of these things, like the day trip ones or, you know, like maybe a, a smaller island hopping one, you can do while doing a family vacation sort of thing. You can you can sort of combine it. You know, like your family wants to sit on a beach all day. Well, you guys sit on a beach all day. I'm going on a yeah. stand-up paddleboard tour of sort of thing, yeah. right? Yeah. Which is cool. See if I can find dolphins. Yeah. Um, let's talk choosing a guide because this is important. Uh, now, I mean, how, you, you, how much, how much flexibility do you have in choosing a guide? Imagine not that, not the person per se, but the company. Okay. Yes. Yeah. A, go. a guiding yeah. company, I guess. Yes. Um, you got to think, you got to sit back and think, what kind of paddling do I want to yeah. do? Do I want to do what I usually do, which is, you know, like the, the, the canoe tripping? Yeah. Do I want to try something new, like a kayak trip up in Norway? Do I want to, you know, do a stand-up paddleboard trip for three days? Mm-hmm. Whatever. And see, stuff like that would work with a guided trip because they would have, uh, depending on the area, like if you wanted to do, like, a, say, a four-day stand-up paddleboard trip, they would have shuttles and your gear would just show up at the next landing site and the campsite. You would think, yeah. So uh, all that is is resolved for you if you're yep. if you're not, you know, it obviously would be different if you did a northern tour by canoe and like the Little Nahani or or something like that, right? You have to be self. You have to be independent, self-dependent, and yeah. So you're you're not having but, lodges stopped. By yeah, but so there's the options are endless. You have to think about the type of water you want to paddle. Are you looking for a lazy river? Are you looking for white water? Are you looking for ocean? Yes. You know, coastline that sort of stuff. I mean, that's that's going to totally take into effect. Think about the location. Yes. Hot temperatures, cold temperatures, wilderness with little contact, like human contact. Or areas where, you know, hey, look, there's a gift shop. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, more contact. Little villages, you know, hey, we're going to we're gonna kayak across to that island and there's a little village over there. Yeah. We're going to meet the local people. And then we're going to go back across and we're going to go up the coast and check out some waterfalls. Yeah. You know, you, you got to think about what kind of... like Kevin Callan's trip down the Spay River where he's basically bar hopping at all the... Bar hopping, yeah. All the, at, all the, <laughs> at all the distilleries. That guy has all the luck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, another big thing before choosing a guide, a guiding company, is time of year you want to go. Which is key. Yeah, because yeah, January apparently, 
not great paddling time in the Yukon. <laughs> so no, <laughs> apparently, yeah, yeah. Try to find try to find a guiding company to take you out <laughs> canoeing in the Yukon. Try to find in water. January. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's there. Yes. <laughs> Um, and once you get those things, you can go online, you can go through magazines, stuff like, and find the guide companies that meet those needs. Yes. And then you make a list of those companies and, and find, you research the find snot out of them. companies that have a track record, that have yeah. a history, that, you know, it's, that, that's the tough part, right? Yeah. So once you, yeah, once you find which guiding company you're, you're thinking of going, or you narrow it down to a few of them, Right. What do they have to offer you? And, and these are the big ones. Do they offer what you're looking for at the time you want to go? Because yes. a lot of people, it's like, you know what? I've got two weeks at work. It's been approved. First two weeks of August. Those are my two weeks holidays. That's when I've got to go. No, I can't do the last week of July, first week of August. You know, that sort of stuff. So do they offer what you're looking for at the time you want to go? Are the routes and timetables flexible to suit what you want to get out of it because you're going on a, on a trip for a reason. There's stuff you want to you're, see. There's stuff that you think, you know what? That's pretty interesting place yes. to visit. You have limited opportunity, limited time. It's going to be expensive. You want to capitalize and make the best of it now. Yeah. yeah because I, I've, I've looked at a couple trips. I think I'd love to go there, but the trips are only like nine days long and I've got three weeks. Yeah. Well, they don't offer that. Well, then I'm not going with you, am I? <laughs> you know, because if you got three weeks that you can hit somewhere you're probably never going to go again, yeah. then I'm taking my three weeks. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want a nine-day trip. And what's good, though, with guides is, uh, like, they have set trips, but if you get enough people, you can you can set your own schedule. Yeah. You can tell them, listen, we are coming up with uh, seven, six. We're, we're, we have seven people. So, you know, whatever we need. So we have six, we need two guides. And since you have enough people to flush out the entire trip, you can set your own schedule because it's your group. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And that's what you got to check with that, that company that you choose is do they, will they do that for yes. you? Yes. Will they offer a trip geared to your paddling experience? You've and only that's... paddled one year. Come on. We're hitting yeah. the best white water the Yukon has to <laughs> we're offer. We're going to do waterfalls. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we're going to do a little creaking while we're up there. Uh one thing you got to look at it, what gear do they supply and what do you need to bring? Yes. Like exactly. your personal gear. Maybe, you, you know what, bring some clothes. Here's and what we suggest you bring out, for this time of year. They'll have a sheet that, uh, here's a checklist. This is the stuff that you must bring yourself. Right. Like your own toiletries, your own toothpaste, their, your own clo- personal clothing. They don't supply any of that. Like they will rent you life, life jackets, dry suits. They'll rent you helmets and paddles and boats and stuff like that. But... All the personal stuff you got to bring, so yeah. it's they'll they'll help you out with that if if you're inexperienced, if it's a first time or yeah, whatever. they'll 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 give you a list. Uh, are you tenting every night, or are you going from lodge to lodge to lodge? Ooh, yeah, that'd be uh, which you know some people might like the lodge to lodge thing because then they're sitting in a nice chair at a table eating be every comfy, night. Cozy, or do you want to sit around a campfire and make your own meal? I'd want to do both. Yeah, <laughs> outside the lodge. <laughs> and what are the meals like? You know, are you eating freeze-dried garbage or are you bringing yeah. full-on, you know, full fresh meat every day? Is somebody dropping it off for you every day? Exactly. Or, and you got to yeah. bring it all with you, right? It's all stuff you, you want to know. They have set meal plans and they, they do cater to people with, with food issues. Yeah. Get a list of all the fees and charges plus extra costs that may occur. Like, is there a sh- gift shop along the way? <laughs> you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. I mean, there may be something extra along the way that you're going to, well, you need to know. Exactly. Yeah, we're, we're stopping it. There's a little village there that you might want to pick up some local souvenirs yes. or something. Right? And we're in this park, so it costs like 80 bucks for the time we're in the park. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's on top feed. of exactly. whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if you're going to another country or state or province, yeah, do you need, a do you need to find your own transportation there you go. from and back to, yes. say, the airport? Yeah. Or is that included in your guide, mm-hmm. guiding fees, right? Yeah. And at the end of the trip, if you're not doing a loop, exactly, you have to organize your own transportation yeah. from the end of your trip back yeah. to wherever you landed. Good questions to ask. Mm-hmm. <laughs> These are things you have to you have to check out. Yes. And under my last little section here, do not forget 
when you finally decide, you know what, these are the guys I'm going to go with. This is the guiding company I'm going to check out. Ask for references. I suppose, yeah. I never thought right? of that. Yeah, mm-hmm. That would never have occurred to me. Check the company's history. If they've only been around for two years, <laughs> but if they've been around for 20 years, then chances That's are the they, yeah. know, they might know what they're doing, right? Yeah. Ask about the guides, the, the actual guide they're giving you. Make sure they're certified. Ask for his certifications and his qualifications, like yeah. how long he's been doing it. How, do do they have first aid? For you. He's 18. Yeah. He's never <laughs> yeah. done this before. Yeah. First this is trip. Bobby, 16. He's fresh out of high school. Are you still in <laughs> high school? This is a summer job. Uh, you know, do they have first aid? That sort of stuff. Insurance in case something goes wrong. See, this, Is that included? I would never or, think of that. See, and that's why you haven't gone, buddy. That's, <laughs> that's why I'm here to help you out, my friend. Yeah. Uh, you know, is it is it part of the package or do you have to supply that on your own? Very last point, have a plan B in the back of your mind just in case. If you plan a trip for Northern BC for the first two weeks of July yeah. and all of a sudden they say, hey, yeah, these forest fires are kind of yeah. hot. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're, the area You're, we plan on going we, is like... We'd love to take yeah. you, but, you know, like, you can't. Yeah. Uh, so have a have a plan B just in case something like that puts a kibosh on yeah. things. Um, so yeah, so that's pretty much what I've got for. So it's an interesting guiding trips. It's an interesting perspective. It's uh, it's some of the things you need to think about to if you're going to be planning or interested in doing a trip like this. And it it just going through it really kind of gets my interest going too. It's one of those things like ever since the spring when I did the trip, uh, the three day whitewater trip with. Uh, Kenny McDermott in the course, it was, uh, hey, you know what? I think I want to do a trip like this. Well, now's the time of year that you start thinking about where you want to go and what you want to get out of it. Start researching your 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 guiding companies. And once you got that come spring and all the shows are out, hit them up. Go see them face-to-face. Yes. Get their brochures, all that sort of stuff. Do your research on them, what they're offering. And narrow it down to pick one and say, you know what? These guys are offering what I yes. want at a good price. Boom, we're going. And if you guys have an empty boat seat that you need filled, contact me or Sean, and maybe we'll help you out and uh, we'll join you on your trip. We will allow you to pay for us to go with oh, you on yeah, that trip. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I would... I, I, would, I would take one for the team and allow <laughs> you to take me with you at your cost. <laughs> well, let's take a quick break here and we'll be right back. You are listening to Paddling Adventures Radio on Reno Viola Outdoors. Do you enjoy getting on the water with a paddle in your hand? If so, this show's for you. Listen to Paddling Adventures Radio every Wednesday at 6 a.m. and 6 p.m. and see what's happening in the world of paddle sports. Paddling Adventures Radio. Whether you're close to home or far away, grab a paddle and get on the water. If you like the show you are listening to right now, you can listen to it and many more just like it on Reno Viola Outdoors Radio. Fishing, hunting, boating, and the rest of the great outdoors 24-7, 365 on Reno Viola Outdoors Radio. Download the free Reno Viola's Outdoor Radio app or visit WRVORadio.com online to see the lineup and schedule. That's Reno Viola Outdoors Radio. And enjoy the great outdoors. Welcome back. Uh, a couple episodes ago, we did book club. Book club. We talked to. We talked f- about our, our books. That inaugural we like. book club. That's right. And Derek brought out a book called Great Heart by James Davidson and John Rouge. Rouge, I guess. Rouge. Rouge. R U G G E. We should look that up. How we, to we should, it. Yeah, we should pronounce it. <laughs> uh, he got the book and he says he's going to read it and that sort of stuff. So sometime before he dies, he will read the book. Yes. I haven't cracked the cover yet, but I'm going to. <laughs> One of these days. <laughs> I carry it with me all the time. In I case just... there's flies that need to be killed. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Derek's not a big reader. Anyway. No, I am. I am. Just... <laughs> I'm reading other stuff right now. Priorities. Facebook. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so one of the followers we have on Facebook, Vince Bell. Big shout out to Vince for bringing this to our attention. He says, you talked about The Great Heart. How could you not get into their earlier book, The Complete Wilderness Paddler? Published in the early 1980s, it's a little dated now, but still a great read and full of good ideas and information. 
So I checked it out, and this book is yeah, it's available on it is on Amazon yes. and and whatnot. I think it was like twenty three to thirty yeah. bucks somewhere in there. Uh, so I looked it up. And it says a combination of detailed instruction and text based on actual adventures of all the techniques of canoe camping and wilderness cruising, which I <laughs> wilderness cruising. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. It sounds weird, eh? Sounds <laughs> ancient. <laughs> sounds like the 80s. Yeah. You will learn how to find a river, navigate, cope with accidents, and much more. 65 drawings and 11 maps. It sounds interesting, eh? It's it like it's, some of these earlier books are, are becoming almost historical documents about the how-tos and whys. Like, yeah. imagine reading a book from the area of era of Tom Thompson and how they did trips and because it was all these really heavy canvas. Well, we did that one episode where we were going back to the late 1800s when they were starting to do canoe tripping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was, it was like, you know, wow. I know. <laughs> I would have died third day in. Yeah. I'm good. <laughs> we're I all going to die. I have a wool sweater on bare skin. I'm carrying a 200 pound canvas tent and. <laughs> <laughs> Not nowadays. Uh, but yeah, so when Derek decides to f- finish reading The Great Heart, uh, he is going to, to eventually. he's going to pick up a copy of The Complete <laughs> Wilderness Paddler on, uh, the recommendation of Vince Bell and give that one a read and let us know how it goes. Yeah. And, uh, it sounds, yeah, it sounds like, uh, from all the reviews I read, it is a decent book. Yes. Some of, yeah, as, as Vince says, some of this stuff is dated, but, uh, it sounds like it, it, it is, well, a, it, it is a good book to read. It should be interesting. I right? would think so. Yes. So you'll have to let us know. Yes, absolutely. Right. <laughs> um, we'd like to thank Man Antler for the beer today, and we would like to thank the letters M and M for the snacks. <laughs> uh, if you want to check us out, you can find us on paddlingadventuresradio.com, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. You can find past adventures on iTunes, Google Play, and our episode page on paddlingadventuresradio.com. Thanks, everybody, for listening. I'm Sean Rowley. And I'm Derek Specht. We'll see you next time. <laughs>